It is the middle ground between light and shadow, between science and superstition, and it lies between the pit of man's fears and the summit of his knowledge. This is Time Enough Podcast. Ahoy! It's Time Enough Podcast, where we talk about episodes of The Twilight Zone and beyond. This is Matt here. Hello, Mark. R, matey. R, matey. R. R. We we be at sea. I thought Pirates couldn't say R. 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 Oh, sorry, sorry. It's R that they can only say, right. Okay, because... You you just want to be careful when you say R. Right. I, I just think it's fun to like um I think pirates would insert R's where they don't belong, like King Narn will not return. Welcome to Narnia. <laughs> this is King Nine will not return. It's not returning. Do King not pirate need be navy returning. I guess these are army Nine? pilots. Are they army pilots? And King Nine will not return. Because they didn't have an Air uh, Force yet. Air okay. There you go. I didn't even know they didn't have an Air Force. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, Army pilots. World War Two, right? We're doing this is World War Two. It has to be. Yeah, sure. Why not? Um, but nineteen forty three. He kept saying nineteen forty three. It has to be World War Two. It's not World War One. Oh, I didn't it's think not, you were like. I didn't think you were really thinking about it. Okay. <laughs> I was listening to the people in the episode talk about where what year it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that, is that over? Was I overthinking it? Was um, it? Was or I you, too into this? Or you weren't listening. I don't know. One of the two. You think I, maybe I wasn't listening. Yeah. And that's why I thought that it was 1943, which it was. Well, the episode's not 1943, because they got, they got Jets no. in the sky. No, but he's like, he, whatever he was, he thought he was in 19, I guess he left in 1943. He quit. He walked away in no. 1943. No, no, that's not what, quite what happened. He the uh, abandoned his guys. No, he was sick, so he wasn't on the plane that day. Oh, he mm-hmm. called in sick in 1943. Yes, I've he called forgot. in sick in 1943, and he's feeling bad about it. In 19. This was not the most memorable plot of okay. the Twilight Zone episode. Well, let's at least uh, trivialize it a bit, and then I'll have you get into the um, prologue. The original air date was September 30th, 1960. Rod Serling wrote the first clutch of five episodes in season two, starting right here. Buzz Collick directed this episode with another few Twilight Zone episodes. The wiki makes it clear that he has 72 TV and film credits, which seems weirdly specific. And then they just give you a selected filmography, so they don't give you all 72. That was kind of a bummer. <laughs> you, you can go on IMDb? No. Okay. Didn't have time for that. All right. Captain James, what was that? Okay. (laughs) Captain James Emery was played by Bob Cummings, who was Robert Cummings before 1955. Weird time for a brand change, as he'd already appeared in comedies such as The Devil and Miss Jones and Princess O'Rourke, as well as Hitchcock classics such as Saboteur and Dial M for murder. 
Gene Lyons was our psychiatrist. He was best known as the police commissioner on the TV series Ironside. And I recognized his face from the Star Trek episode, A Taste of Armageddon. Paul Lambert may have not been a real doctor, but he played one on television, just like he did here. Of his other credits, the one that caught my eye was his role as the monkey minister in Planet of the Apes. You remember that? Vaguely? It's when Charlton Heston is running amok through the uh, village and st stumbles by kind of a, a chapel and the guy's giving yeah. like a bizarro sermon. This, I was like, for guy. some reason, I was like, did he marry somebody? No, that didn't happen. Did he marry Nobody an ape? Nobody married an ape to a person in that movie. <laughs> it seems like something that would have happened, though. What about Marky Mark and <laughs> Helena Bonham Ape? Did they get married? I didn't watch that one. No, I don't really. think they did. I think they just kissed. I, I watched like five minutes of it, and I was like, wow, these apes look really good. They do look I good. Left. They're just I in a pretty awful movie. Good enough to marry. Mm. Or at least kiss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good enough. To, good enough to confuse you. <laughs> Why well, this ape's Burton. good enough to confuse me? Okay, the, there are no apes in this one that I know. Well, there's human apes, but um, there are no like you know, there's no gorillas in okay. this. Why don't you give us a prologue on this non-gorilla episode? Meanwhile, on the planet of the apes. Just kidding. That's not it. This is Africa, 1943. War spits out the violence overhead, and the sandy graveyard swallows it up. Her name is King Nine B-25 Medium Bomber, 12th Air Force. On a hot, still morning, she took off from Tunisia to bomb the southern tip of Italy. An errant piece of flak tore a hole in the wing tank, and like a wounded bird, this is where she landed, not to return on this day or any other day. They they pretty much phoning in this is World War Two. Yeah, you aren't Air Force. Attention. Air Force. It's oh, right there. They, oh we'll yeah, this says it, it says Air Force. It says Air Force. Okay, I I have to look at when the Air Force was founded because I just looked at victory. It was so through... hard not to say, look, it's Air Force in the middle. <laughs> I, <just laughs> I have to look because I just watched Victory Through Air Power, the 1943 Disney film, where he's like saying you should make an Air Force to the American government. Boy, it was really fun to watch all those cartoonists editorialize during that period. <laughs> <It's> quite, <laughs> okay, quite I, I am looking for the starting date of the actual Air Force. The Royal, okay, there's the Royal Air Force, the world's largest, of the Soviet Red Air Force is the biggest. I just want to know about oh, mm? okay. Here we go. Here we go. I am right. The U.S. the United States Air Force became an independent service in 1947. So I'm Ooh. right in the in, in the Twilight Zone. Wow. Right? <laughs> so so it's like you entered the Twilight Zone, where Why? it's wrong, where the That's, the dates are wrong. Yes, it's wrong in the Twilight Zone. Exactly. <laughs> they put all of us in the Twilight Zone. There's probably some explanation. I mean, I I think it could have been like the Army Air Force. It was just it wasn't its own thing until 47. I think it maybe it's just they didn't care and like, cool. Why not? Yeah, just like I'm not. Distances. I'm not like that. It's just like <laughs> even though I just yelled at you. Yeah, it's like space <laughs> distances. It's even though I yelled at you a bunch. Yeah, uh, I don't really care. Cool. Stuff can be wrong. Just make it good. Like. Like that distance, that massive distance problem in Prometheus was like not even in the top 20 problems of that movie. <laughs> well, I just, you know, they, they convinced me for a second. They're like 12th Air Force. That sounds legit, right? 
Yeah, uh, there were like 11 whole Air Forces before this. Yeah. Um, so you watched Where Is Everybody, the first episode of the series, yeah? I was going to say, this is Where Is Everybody, the last flight? Kind of. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it just seems... It seems kind of weird to be this on the nose about kind of recreating your first episode for the premiere of your second season. Yeah, it is. This is um, I'm going to chalk this up to I think it's sort of a you had to be there because apparently Bob Cummings, is that his name? Apparently well, Bob Cummings. Un unless you're pre-1955, in which case it's Robert. Okay. Bob, a.k.a. Robert aka mr cummings uh, apparently this was a big turn for him and he didn't usually do stuff like this so maybe that would have had more of an impact it to me it was sort of like this it was fun to watch this guy do that do his thing but it felt pretty underwritten and i think a few it was a little underwritten and repetitive for me yeah i was thinking where is everybody i think that guy starts talking to everybody a he starts talking to everybody who's not there instantly, right? Whereas this guy yeah. has a normal, like, inner monologue until he goes nutty and then starts laughing all the time. Yeah, I think it helps and where is everybody that the guy walks around. Yeah, because this guy just hangs around his airplane, he right? just kind of hangs out in his airplane and goes back and forth. Again, it's like, you know, I it still was entertaining, but it just um, it didn't really have me super captivated until until i was like well it's not gonna do very much except for put him wherever and then wherever ended up being the hospital yeah the best thing about this episode probably is the title it's a great title it just sounds yeah good. yeah the title really rubs you in and also that probably five minutes that i thought he was from an alternate dimension where americans were nazis because he had swastikas on his plane until i sort of stared at it until i realized oh that's probably just how many nazis he killed yeah yeah they weren't quite going man in the high castle yet for this one <laughs> no but that would have that that alone probably would have well i mean they would have had to write themselves out of it so and um at some point he's like am i just cracked up in an army base i was like oh it can't be that that was a reveal last time but that's kind of the reveal this time too i mean i guess it's just a normal hospital in this case but yeah, he was really self-aware, which makes sense because he was astral projecting or hallucinating. He was astral projecting. I mean, that's it's pretty obvious. We know exactly what's we know exactly what happened. It made perfect sense. He astral projected, like he astral the, projected to the site. Well, I guess he astral projected some sand back with him. Oh, okay. Because you're. Oh, well, okay. Yeah, at yeah. the end, right? That his shoe has some sand in it. So it's like sand. Yeah. No way. My my note was, well, they have sand in other places, too. Maybe he walked through a playground on the way here. Yeah, maybe he went to Coney Island. Yeah, I mean, you, you don't have to be in a desert to get sand in your shoe. It was a lot of sand, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even think about that. When I, when I first saw it, I was like, oh, God, he turned into sand. Oh, no, that didn't happen. I think it was like I kept expecting cooler stuff to actually happen than uh, than what actually did happen. <laughs> No, it literally is just a guy has a bit of a flip out and ends up in the hospital and there's some unexplained sand. Mm -hmm. So what if it was this... just called there's sand in my shoe? If that was the title. <laughs> okay, you can make it more <laughs> dramatic like that. <laughs> <laughs> the sand of fate. 
no actually the, the one thing i'm like i'm changing the one best thing about the episode <laughs> <laughs> what's that the title oh right yes i, I, already I will said not that. return yes so um this is the first time rod shows up at the beginning of the episode wearing a black suit in the desert that was kind of fun yeah it was kind of shocking because they sort of just did a quick super fast pan to him it's like hey oh whoa hey what's up <laughs> You think also, it had the uh, theme music that I forgot existed because I just watched 36 episodes without it. Okay, so how did it, how did it hit you this time? Oh, like a warm, creepy bath, you know? Okay, <laughs> warm, creepy bath. <laughs> warm, creepy bath. Which, 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 which theme do you actually prefer? Uh, don't make me choose. I don't, I think I kind of like the uh, the Herman thing, but... Yeah, I, I, I definitely warmed yeah. up to it. As, I mean, I'm, I'm, while this is the first season, first episode of season two, I've actually already recorded podcasts for the next five episodes. So mm-hmm. I'm already, I'm all, or six actually, next six episodes. So I'm already kind of like, you know, used to hearing the traditional theme again. And I'm kind of like, I don't know. I think I still like the Herman one. Well, it's also just sort of a thing where that, that theme has become so, such a part of pop culture that you can't, separate it anymore like can you watch halloween and not like and and be affected by the theme music like as if you'd seen it in the 70s like probably impossible yeah that's true you know like uh like like you know like beetle the the biggest beetles that you just can't hear them clean anymore you know yeah no way that's why um when you hear a beetles song that is a uh in my case, like one you've never heard before, sometimes it actually does hit you like, oh man, these guys are great. And that's, yes, I'm admitting that I haven't heard every Beatles song. <laughs> that's why I have a special affinity for You Know My Name, Look Up the Number. Do you know that one? No. Oh, that, that, maybe. For you and the listener, if you want to hear some bizarro Beatles, that, that's a, a real solid hit. <laughs> it was like when we had Beatles Rock Band, which I think I'd probably heard most of the stuff on it, but they I did not have you know my name look up the number i'm pretty sure i think it i think it was i want to be your man that i hadn't heard before which is like kind of aggressive and and weird mm. in its own way right and i think it was maybe more fun to play in rock band than to listen to but <laughs> you know that's not my well, fault stones did it and yeah i oh. think we're veering off into music land because it there doesn't seem like that many things to talk about yeah no um, and yeah, and I, I don't want to just come here and beat up on it because it was entertaining. It was just uh, not, just wasn't a whole lot there. Yeah. Well, again, Robert Cummings, very good in it. Uh, as yeah. usual, everything looks really good. I mean, it is a cool plane set and the interiors are cool and all of that sort of stuff. It's um, a man screaming jets over and over. Yeah, that's all he said. Jets, jets. That's what Paul McCartney did on that Wings album, getting back to the Beatles. Yeah, Jets, Jets. <laughs> I think he was. I've just never heard Jets, that song, but it's called Jets. Okay. So he yells okay. Jet a lot. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's a fictional drug in. Uh, oh yeah, Fallout. Oh okay. Give me some Jet. Jet. I, I still like the what was it the the one the the face eating drug was a Flacca. Flacca. Yeah, oh, you're, that... you're thinking of um, what was it? Ain't uh, not not Angel Dust. Um, There's Crocodile crocodile but there's the one from like florida yeah 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 flacco is one of the street names for it it's not like the official name yeah i'm I'm thinking it had a name that was like the name of 
a normal thing and it messed up. I can't salts? remember. Bath, bath salts. salts. Yeah. Yeah. Bath salts. That was it. <laughs> so wow, anyways, whatever happened to bath salts? Let's bring bath salts back for the second half of the pandemic. I guess we just started putting them in our baths again. Yeah. But I, you I, know, the other kind of bath salts. Nine, I know what you mean. Bath. Right. The other kind of bath salts. I recently came across someone that was still confused. They're like, weren't they just doing like the actual bath thoughts? I'm like, I'm pretty sure that wasn't the case. <laughs> yes, crocodile was just like crocodile scales. Yeah. But um, okay, back back to this guy. Acting is good. Um mm -hmm. th these are I guess this is one of the is this one of the flying fortresses? Is this considered that or is it a little smaller? Like a spruce goose? No, that didn't that that wasn't a military plane. <laughs> oh, it <laughs> should have been. Yeah, um, but, but they yeah some of the bombers in the in the in World War II were considered to be the flying fortresses. But I know I, very I, little about military plane scale designations. Okay, I'll I'll take that. But I'm looking it up right now. B seventeen flying fort. Yeah, the flying fortress looks significantly larger. Okay. Oh, they say medium bomber and B twenty five medium bomber. You said B seventeen okay. is the flying fortress. B seventeen is the flying fortress. Interesting. It I looks. A, I think you could have a bigger number. It looks probably one and a half times the size of the one in the uh, episode, but yeah, like I said, I'm looking at the prologue again. They're saying it's a medium bomber, so obviously it wouldn't be one of the yeah real big ones. <laughs> It served in every theater of World War II, and after the war ended, many remained in service operating across four decades. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, yeah, Wikipedia. I mean, you, you have a nice big piece of tech. I mean, you don't you use it as long as you can. I was... Uh, yeah, like in movie props. Yeah, I was reading a recent book about uh, the Edmund Fitzgerald, right? The wreck in the, uh, in the, in the Great Lakes. And mm -hmm. it was just talking about how a lot of those ships, like the Edmund Fitzgerald, um, sunk after like 20 years of service which is like nothing because the ships in the Great Lakes are usually supposed to be in service for like 80 to 100 years jeez well they're just going back and forth across the lake right mm -hmm. I, then, I don't know I've never been it, up there really <laughs> I don't know how things work but then it gets really choppy I mean because think about it, if you have a big bowl in the water sloshing around versus like a coffee cup in the water sloshing around right mm -hmm. the coffee cup being the Great Lake and the bowl being a um you know the ocean like obviously it's going to be a lot choppier in the in the coffee cup okay which is why they yeah. have so many maritime disasters there i didn't even know that i just don't really know a whole lot about water mm. water stuff water history i don't know much about them waters yeah so this one this one's more about sand it doesn't have much water I'm although locked. Um, we don't even really have sand here where I yeah. live, we just have uh, we have like a lake that where they just filled up a town and then people die by getting impaled on steeples of old buildings like several times a year. I think really, oh, Lake Lanier. Yeah, yeah. I, was, I just didn't know that. Um, no, I was saying this episode's very sandy. You know, it's coarse. Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, okay. According to the Georgia Department of National Resources, I'm using the internet today. This is because this episode is light on things. Uh, Lake Lanier experienced 57 boating fatalities and 145 drownings between 1999 and 2018. Okay, that's a, that's a lot of, of death. I think I think um, I think people refer to it as Lake Death sometimes. Yeah, 
or so, something like that. So if Embry is astral projecting and he finds that canteen, it still has water in it from the sergeant. So mm. can can you have water stay in a canteen for 17 years? That seems unlikely. It seems like you'd get like lead poisoning or something, right? Well, if he's astral projecting, it didn't really matter. Can you get lead poisoning through astral projection? I'm just I'm just yes. to right with that. So <laughs> I mean, I've gotten, I've eaten old MREs and not died from those. You know, everybody's gotten some free MREs from their friends' grandparents or something, and I've definitely eaten some. Uh, but they taste like crap in the first place. I have no idea. I don't think I've ever had fresh, fresh ones. I have because um, when I was in the Explorers, we went to the Army Ranger base, and they sent us out to climb rocks with MREs, which were, you know, new, like new stock MREs, and they they still tasted like garbage. About th- oh no no I'm sorry I was about to say three years in canteens but that was a video game. Um, wow that a video game would span three years. So uh, there is one thing in this episode that I did think that was a little bit meta and maybe kind of fit him well. Mm-hmm. Before he just starts like laughing all the time and becomes Mister Giggles, mm-hmm. like when he's still doing the basically the voiceover in his head. He's kind of like rationalizing a lot. Like he's kind mm-hmm. of like the like I wonder if that was supposed to be like kind of the first season viewer of the Twilight Zone trying to put the pieces together. Like kind of he's not just like, hey, this is weird. He's like, I know something's up. I'm gonna figure out what it is. So I, I did he, wonder if that was kind of like what they were getting at in this episode. Like, oh, here's a guy actually trying to figure this stuff out. Mm-hmm. I mean, he seemed more self-aware than at least you're I I was definitely trying to think who was this self-aware in season one and couldn't come up with anything so that is a fun way to start a second season i don't know if that was their intent but it could have been yeah yeah i just i was trying to think of why would you kind of redo your first episode in a way and um and like and then Mm. not have a whole lot going on in it so that was kind of my you know kind of like oh we we've acknowledged that you get what we're doing here now or at least expect what we're doing here so we're gonna take it to the next level which they unfortunately don't do in the most exciting way in this episode uh yeah they take it to pretty much the level that they've been taking it to but wouldn't it be fun if the first episode of every season was just a guy alone somewhere i have to check if the other seasons start that way (laughs) (laughs) this comment will probably age poorly and that's probably not at all what happens but yeah yeah but um yeah that that just seemed a little weird um oh when we do get to the hospital my note there was just doctor exposition because he spends like three (laughs) minutes just explaining everything (laughs) well that's that that's what he gets paid for right exactly (laughs) If I um, went to exposition medical school. But yeah, the, the impression I got is he was just walking down the street and flipped out and they took him to the hospital. As I said, he saw the newspaper headline about the plane and then flipped out. So obviously there was a, like a proper trigger. Yeah, I looked at it like it was definitely guilt related. Of so, some sort yeah, of yeah, guilt related. Yeah, this is kind of a you know survivor's guilty episode. Yeah. But that's, I mean, that's, that's an, you know... They always have something interesting to say about war, and it's like that's a big one. Like, can you imagine walking around carrying that forever? It's like a final destination, except for I guess instead of death killing you, you uh, astral project into the desert. So that might be sand. 
that might be somewhere else where where Rod was kind of like trying to bring in a personal touch since he might have had similar feelings having been in the front lines in the Philippines, you know? I mean, he probably felt survivor's guilt having a show actually last more than one season. I can't imagine that he didn't know somebody. <laughs> Maybe that's just sort of on my mind right now with all this cancellation happening. I, I think it, I think it took until the third season for him to like start getting a little wary of the show because mm. uh, the first, especially at first, he was quite involved. By a third, I think he was actually teaching in New York and just showing up and filming like eight of his bumpers all at once and then going back to New York to teach. What was he teaching? Uh, like screenwriting or whatever. Oh, yeah. I mean, something, you know, like <laughs> be fun if he's set appropriate. Like, yeah, it'd be fun if he's just like a British history teacher, <laughs> something just completely out of left field or whatever. Yeah, Science, yeah. biology well, that, teacher. That'd be more like Brian May from Queen, right? Yeah, that is. They're, they're guys. Like, what is the offspring guy? Like a brain surgeon? I'm not sure, but um, yeah. I never listen to the offspring. But uh, yeah, I know. Doesn't you know, make Bri- them good. Don't worry about it. No. Brian May is famously the uh, you know astrophysicist in his in his spare time, right? So true. <laughs> I mean, Dolph Lundgren is has like what six degrees in physics or something. Oh, oh yeah, that that guy is uh, packing degrees for sure. <laughs> um, I guess I'll just go ahead and go straight for those questions then for this one. Um, there's only like one person in this episode. <laughs> Man, I mean, what if his crew all went to the Twilight okay, Zone? Okay, okay. So I was thinking maybe there's other answers. Or, or the people that felt, felt the same. Because the, question, the question being, who in this episode exactly went into the Twilight Zone? I think the crew went to the Twilight Zone, and they were kind of waving at him from the Twilight Zone and trying to tell him, stop feeling so bad. Weren't they kind of in the death zone, though? I mean, <laughs> does the Twilight Zone not at least... If it doesn't border the death zone and at least is adjacent to the death zone <laughs> is, the, are we gonna just make more zones now there's is a there... there's an in-between right <laughs> yeah i mean because um, you know it's like does that mean that everyone who in in our series who goes to the twilight zone and then dies isn't in the twilight zone anymore are we opening uh, that up is that a thing well there was judgment night where the guy was clearly dead and spending lots of time in the twilight zone yeah, so the Twilight Zone, I think, at least overlaps with the death death zone. So I'm like, I'm gonna say the crew went to the Twilight Zone, and they did not deserve to go to the Twilight Zone. What kind of music does the band Death Zone play? It's <laughs> probably disappointing. Yeah, that's like like ja- Japanese band It'll... names. J-pop names are always disappointing because they just take names that from somewhere else, but they don't really know what it means. So you have like funky, <laughs> funky monkey babies, but there, there's nothing funky about them whatsoever. Or, or like there's like acid man. You're like, that's going to be trippy. And then it's just like lame pop punk or. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, what else in, in, in the U.S. Superfly yeah. and it's not proper soul music. It's just J-pop. <laughs> yeah, there's a band called Jesus Christ Superfly in the U.S. And they were just sort of like a kind of a punk metal band. I yeah. bought their album because they were called Jesus Christ Superfly, and I'm like, this is okay, but it's not great. Yeah. yeah. Sorry if you're in that band and listening to this. <laughs> it's fine. You did good. You just didn't sound like a band called Jesus Christ Superfly, like at all. Right. So anyway, we don't know what the Death Zone would sound like. I mean, they sold um, a CD, so good for them. I guess if Embry did actually astral project as you were positing, and I, maybe you were joking, I'm like, that seems reasonable no. to me. 
I know. I'm serious. I'm serious. I think yeah, yeah. Okay. He astral projected back to the site. Yeah. Okay. Let, let's go with yeah. that because that that's not what I I assumed it was a dreamscape, but I like the astral projection scape. You know. So let let's take it there. If he did, um, then I would say he went into the twilight zone. If he didn't, he just had mm-hmm. a mental breakdown. Yeah, that's possible. I don't. I don't like the sand. Seems like a giveaway. Like did. What if he had a mental breakdown and then sand came to him? Like he made sand appear. In his, what if his part instead of, his... of astral projecting, he just summoned sand like he had some kind of elemental power because that's where the plane was. Yeah, I don't know. Or maybe he just shoved sand into his shoe to, for the for the conceit of the whole thing. You know, crazy people yeah, maybe. do crazy things. <laughs> maybe he like kicked over a litter box. But, uh, Beyond that, yeah, I guess the the doctor and the psychiatrist finding the sand, they would be the ones having the real Twilight Zone moment. Otherwise, yeah, that's true. I mean, I, I mean, if I worked at a hospital and I found that, I would be like, oh, why does this guy have so much sand in his shoe? You wouldn't normally think of, it's sort of like <laughs> that. That's a little bit of spoon feeding the audience because, like, you wouldn't go, it's full of sand. You'd just be like, oh, what the. <laughs> <laughs> dude why'd you do that why did you why'd you walk through the beach here but for the for the second question let's not go with the people that were on screen for like three minutes tops but we'll go with uh three Embry. minutes yeah okay <laughs> go ahead i'm saying you're being generous but go ahead Let, let's go with Embry. um uh-huh. who does he deserve his trip into the astral projection zone i'm gonna say no it seemed like he was just sort of tormented tormented for no real good reason he didn't learn anything right well i am wondering if the experience provided some closure for him because again just to reiterate Mm -hmm. he he called in sick the day that this mission flew and apparently had survivor's guilt for years had Mm -hmm. this trigger finally had to face his guilt head on i mean you know, he it, this, this might have actually been a beneficial experience for him, although being a bit mm-hmm. harrowing in the process. Again, can like I burning. say something like no, inconclusive? You can't say I can't yeah, say inconclusive. You can't say <laughs> inconclusive no. because I don't feel like I, I don't feel like I know how he felt after the experience. Right. Was that your point? That was my point. That was what I was going to say. It's like it's harder for me to say if he deserved a trip into the twilight zone. Unless I know what he what the, he took away from it, which I don't, so I don't know like, if I can answer that. Well, I'm yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to say no. Okay. I'm going to I'm going to default to no. Okay, I, I'm going to posit that this may have actually been a beneficial experience for him because they're kind of like, oh, you'll be fine, you'll be out of here tomorrow, and he's had closure and kind of faced his faced his uh, guilt head on, maybe, which could be good. It's like therapy, right? What if he's doing fine and then he like. See sand in his shoes, just like ah. Well, hopefully the doctors. Hopefully the doctors will dump the sand out of his shoes before they (laughs) give him the shoes back. So in that case, yes. If if he feels better and they are thoughtful enough to clean his the sand out of his shoes, all of it. You know, he finds a little bit later. He's going to be like, "What? Got to get rid of all of it." doctors yeah i hope it's like when you go to the car dealership and they wash your car yeah so maybe they'll do that i mean they don't if you work in a hospital and you're listening to this clean the sand out of people's shoes after they astral project out of the er 
That's good advice. That, yeah. yeah. I'll, and this podcast will support that advice. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Um, tripometer, zero to one point eight. Why that specific a number? Because that's how I feel about it. I think it's a one point eight. I think okay. it's um, it's a trippy premise, but the number of trippy things that happens is relatively low. Yeah. So yeah, I said one point eight. Okay, I, I was thinking about a two for this one. Yeah, so we're really close. Yeah, that's why I asked why you did the decimal, right? I was like, huh, that's awfully close. <laughs> I thought about it. I for once I thought about it before coming on this podcast. Oh, okay. There we go. So you did the math. You worked out a few sheets of paper. You know, diagrams and stuff. I thought about it for about fifteen seconds. All right, <laughs> one point eight seconds. One point eight. That's like that's about. Um, was that five seconds for every point six? Okay, on the trip of me. <laughs> that's that's why you needed to do this on the sheet of paper, dude. No, five seconds for every point six. Three times point six is one point eight. Right. My math is solid, <laughs> and so is my process for determining tripometer score, <laughs> which is to think to it. about it for fifteen seconds <laughs> and then break that down into what score I give it. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I don't know, someone, I'm sure someone out there just loves this episode. So, you know, sorry, I guess we didn't, but no, uh, I mean, there's, you know, if I'm like rating this, the lowest of the, whatever, eight episodes I've been on here to talk about, that's still good. I haven't, you know, it's, it's still good. It's just not, I, it's not where is everybody good, unfortunately, <laughs> but you know, it's tight though. Yeah, I guess that's the problem. Yeah, it, it's, it's too easily compared with the first episode of season one, and it pales a little bit. I mean, because they had the run yeah. of the they had the run of the um, universal backlot there, you know. He had yeah, all the and I know, valley to play around in. And I know there is some stuff coming up that it's like at this point, if I'd never seen any of the rest of the show, I might be like, "Whoa, oh, they're running out of steam!" But I know there's stuff coming up that kind of like takes the formula and smashes it. So. Oh yeah, it won't least... take too won't take too long till we get to Satan. So, yeah. So <laughs> so it's not yeah it's it's a a lull. It's not a um, it's not like a a mark on the record. It's just a little bit of a lull. That's all. Weirdly, we are um, close to the present. People will be hearing this on August fifteenth. Beware the Ides of August, as they say. Uh, anything mm -hmm. up with you? Um, I don't know. Check out Stunrunner at Bandcamp.com. I'm considering going and updating that. With music. Yeah. It's I'm nearing the end of my obligations and am considering going back to doing things that benefit me. The obligations. Well, and this podcast. Mm. That's that's what this podcast is, right? <laughs> the the obligation. This, this is the obligation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm done with this burden. I can unshackle myself from uh, no no, this podcast is this podcast is good. There, yeah, that's your review. Five stars on iTunes. <laughs> I'm yeah. hey, I did I wrote one of the two five star reviews on <laughs> iTunes. Why don't you review this and rate this on iTunes? That's my plug, you listeners. Oh, I thought you were talking to me for a second. No, like, you yeah, too. The listeners get a different get another account and rate it. Right. Everyone. <laughs> you too <laughs> rate it with two accounts rate it with um, multiple accounts um as for this podcast it's time enough podcast it's time enough pod on twitter and facebook 
and under the podcasting umbrella on Patreon of Podcastio Podcastius, where you will hear podcasts about science fiction movies and Pokemon and Monster Hunter and game shows. That was too many ands. Sorry. Yeah, don't don't miss our new podcast and 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 and. <laughs> And that's the only word in the whole thing. People that keep saying it. <laughs> yeah, it's just the guest just that. comes on. It's like, and, and, and. Guess like, what's happening? Why'd you even call me here? I, got and, that. And, and. <laughs> I don't think you'd get guests uh, for that one for very long. The, the impressive thing is, could you, no, get we'll return, could you get return guests on that podcast? <laughs> it depends. I bet you, I bet one of the guests that you sometimes have on this podcast would do it. I'm not going to say which one. Because I don't know, but I bet there's somebody you could pull from from your from your twilight buds and then then burn them. I mean, it's probably just me, but maybe somebody else too. Right. Okay. Uh, this podcast will return next week, but King Nine will not return next week or the week after. I shouldn't have added that. That's like. <laughs> like I was about to not... yell jets and jets. <laughs> In my little Sahara, laments of smooth winds that blow. At last, at the end of the line now, I only call the judge shouting, Hey, this ain't no affordable show. You don't need to search for me, as I know from who and where I come. Those perceptions now saw as a falcon, divining what before was vanity. The heat haze of will shimmer over the diary I write in. Strangely sated in this land of thirst, long eight days actually is. So let those thoughts run better win. I went and took my chances of the Atlas Range of Dark. As you compass 
ultimately with a far off track.